Hello, it is Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021 years after the year zero. Can't thank you enough for allowing this particular show to penetrate your ear holes. I think today's a good one, though. You know? Like, I think you're going to say good show today. I hope so, at least. And if you do, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it didn't even happen. You know, just two ships passing in night without radar. Just didn't even see each other. Just keep it moving. But if you like the show, go ahead and rate it and all that other happy shit. Frank Wright, Dana White, the boys, AJ. I mean, let's have a day. And tomorrow, Phil Mickelson's on the show. Be a friend, tell a friend. Let's get to it. We got a lot of training camp conversation, like what's going on over at New York Giants. Oh, oh boy. Joe Judge is running a ship over there. It might be a little bit reckless. The boys are fighting. The boys are running laps. The boys are running sprints. They're doing push-ups. They're doing up-downs. The coaches are getting sent away. And Joe Judge is saying, hey, fellas. Take a knee. He's given speeches about this team maybe being a little bit uh, loose with the rules, I guess. Some people jumped off sides. They had to run a lap. Somehow Danny Dimes ended up at the bottom of a pile, which ended up with a scrap happening. The New York Giants are trying to turn the page of being disappointing to their fan base and their owner in conversations with other billionaires. He came out and said, I'm tired of telling people that we stink and why we stink. So he invested a lot of money. Joe Judge is supposed to come in and turn the entire culture around. I guess they're getting after it over there. Maybe it'll be better than they were for the last 10 years or so. Get back to those Coughlin days when they were winning yeah, Super Bowls. Yeah, here we go. Maybe. I'm not 100% sure. I do know that they said that a lot of the push-ups were being done at a resort pace, a warm-up pace. I think it might be difficult to get some of the vets, maybe offensive line or defensive linemen, uh, in full pads after a fight and after numerous 100-yard runs or sprints or whatever to then do push-ups as well. I bet the conversation in the locker room is amazing but if joe judge wants to enact change and say hey we don't want to do this anymore that's a good way to do it we shall see how this rolls out speaking of rolling out it seems like every new day comes with every new injury for the indianapolis Colts. oh god so we'll be talking to frank reich here in about 20 25 minutes depending upon his schedule of getting off the practice field doing a couple commitments and then making it into his office to call us that is happening in the next 20 to 25 minutes so we will ask my quarterback coach from whenever he was just quarterback coach assistant quarterback coach for the colts at one point frank reich will be joining us yeah. and i can't wait to chat with him about what the hell's in the water over there training camp. yeah God. no kid you go into this season, you think to yourself, all right, we got some perennial ballers out here. Who you got? We got Darius Leonard. Well, he's in the middle of a contract negotiation. He also hurt his foot or ankle or something like that. He's missed some time thus far in training camp. Yeah. Yikes. Then you think to yourself, we got Carson Wentz. Looks like he's uh, playing basketball again. He's shooting free throws. He's yeah. having a good time. He's celebrating in here, saying he loves life in Indianapolis, Indiana. He's playing football, throwing the ball. Pythagorean theorem, about 70 yards across the field to make a completion to Zach Pascal. He's looking great. Boom! He's out football, uh, uh, foot injury from high school, maybe. He's out 5, 12 weeks. Oh, my no. God. Darius hurt, okay. Carson's hurt. Yeah, uh-huh. other guys, though, right? Yeah, there's other pillar guys. You're yeah. right. Yeah, there's, yeah. They're talking about maybe a goat 
Maybe, maybe the entire world is witnessing a player play at his position better than anybody in the history of any human that has ever played the position. A high first-round draft pick at guard. They said, Chris Ballard, you're reaching. This is not the right move. The guy's nickname was Earl Gray in college, a coming out coach, because the teabagging that he enjoyed <laughs> doing the defensive lineman with how dominant he's been. And by the way, college players look the exact same to NFL players for this guy. He just moves bodies, is an absolute staple, and a tone setter for this Indianapolis Colts Team. He's going to be there. Quentin Nelson's going to be there. Yeah, let's go. Ralph reincarnated is going to be there. Yeah. There's going to be a guy. He got hurt today. Oh, oh no. You're joking. No. You're lying. Ari of Pro Football Focus says yeah. at My Sports Update Colts All Pro guard Quentin Nelson injured his foot yesterday and was spotted in a boot today. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. We got God. foot injury, foot foot, heel, foot. What is going on over there? Is this the turf? Is this the grass? Do I need to get... I w- In the groundskeeper's ass? Yeah, I will. Feels like yeah. it. Hey, Troy! All right. That's his actual name. Yeah. <laughs> Troy's a good guy. Troy's been doing a lot of great things. I don't know if he does it at training camp, by the way, because it's a different facility than we have at the uh, Colts facility over there in West 56 or whatever. But what the hell is going on? How's everybody getting hurt? And by the way, injuries are going to happen. Okay, training camp injuries are going to happen. Anytime you have this much football happening with this many humans doing this many athletic moves, and boom, we got we got helmets on. You just saw in Carolina Panthers, JT. eBay? eBay uh, has been waived from the Panthers. He's supposed to be a young, upcoming superstar of a corner or whatever. Hits a guy in the head in the middle of practice, starts a fight. That guy gets stretchered out from a head injury. Scary stuff. JT gets fired. Learning how to practice is a massive deal in the NFL. And we hope everything's okay to Mr. Kirkwood, by the way, the wide receiver that got hit by JT eBay in practice and got stretchered off. Scary situation. That's what football can be, by the way. And that's why football will continue to be a sport that people love watching because people People enjoy watching train wrecks, car crashes, For sure. things like that. But practice is something that can get amplified and get a little bit hot, especially in training camp when it's 100 degrees in places and you're going against the same people. And there's only so many contracts on the line where you could potentially go from selling sandwiches to maybe making $150,000, $200,000 if you make this roster. Yeah. For Even the practice squad, you're making 100 and some thousand dollars. So there's a lot on the line. Things can get a little bit you know, tumultuous out there. Is that the right word? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah there will be a little angst out there. Mm-hmm. And there can be injuries that happen just naturally in football, but it seems like whenever you get your biggest named players hurt in the first couple days, you see how fan base can maybe get a little bit disheartened. I guess the upside is we got a long time until the season comes, so maybe we're lucky that it happened this early, but there's a lot of reps that are being missed, and there's a lot of teams that aren't being led by the pillars of the team. Darius, Quentin, and Carson being out there is massive for everybody. We'll talk to Frank Reich in about 15, 20 minutes or whatever just to see uh, just to see how he's doing. Getting an update from the back. Zito just said Quentin Nelson needs surgery. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's stop fucking laughing. That stinks. <laughs> that stinks. And, it, and you got to keep in mind. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. You got to keep in mind, you know, these guys, they'll be back eventually. Oh, okay. You'll be fine. You can come back when you start out 0 and 8. You know, there's uh, no problem with that in Indianapolis. At Boston Connor, New England Pat- uh, Patriots fan who is very excited about everything he's here and not coming out of camp because all there is is competition and great plays, not injuries to every star player like what seems to be coming out of Indianapolis. And I assume there's a lot of people in New England that don't necessarily love the Colts, okay? I see a lot of tweets from people in New England that go, I love that. 
McAfee was a cult, and I'm still kind of a fan of McAfee. That <laughs> yeah. has to say a lot. So I understand you laughing in our faces. Let's hope Quentin Nelson's fucking okay. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hope his surgery goes well, huh? Let's maybe have a little bit of a hot out here, okay? A wicked hot, <laughs> uh-huh. okay? Uh, what, uh, breaking Quentin Nelson has the same foot injury as Carson Wentz. He's scheduled to have surgery in Indy later today. The same doctors went similar 5-12-week timeline. All right. That's fine, though. Eric Fisher's going to be back like week three. He'll okay. sure up the yeah. O-line for you. Listen! Pat Teichman is also here, Packers fan. He's excited. All the worries that he had going into the season are now behind him. Randall Cobb's joined the squad. Right. Aaron's having a good time. He's driving around on a golf cart all around Green Bay. It's good to be you, isn't it? Hell yeah. Hey, Fantastic. Hey, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good for this... you. Good for you, too, Pat. Hey, thanks, man. Good for you. Yeah. Well, it's not, actually, because here I am as somebody who, you know, had heard that Tom Brady potentially wanted to be an Indianapolis Colt last year before he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. We're going a different direction. We don't know if he ever really wanted to be there. This is all hearsay. Who knows? We pick Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers leads the team to the playoffs. Good team. Good team. Good oh, yeah. They learned how to win. They learned how to get into the playoffs. Now they have to know, like, okay, we got to take this to the next step. That culture, you find us a quarterback now because Phil Rivers is on a goddamn sideline of a high school football team in Alabama. You find us a quarterback. This team now is mature enough to go on a run. This team now has been built for the long haul. And I, the Buffalo Bills were a problem, but getting it chance to experience that and that taste in their mouth with a lot of contracts coming to the younger guys we're gonna go on a fucking run you know what we're gonna do we're gonna go on a run now it seems like we're getting off on the wrong foot no seems like we're off on the wrong foot and it seems to be the same foot that we're getting on every single day what the fuck is going on here this is not good news i have faith in the culture that the colts have but if you're a colts fan Listen to Frank Reich speak here in probably like 14, 20 minutes or so. I mean, I cannot wait to hear what he has to say about this. Because his job, by the way, is to say, hey, it's not about who's hurt. It's about you guys earning an opportunity that you might not have been able to earn because of these guys potentially being in your way. So this is training camp. We're going to field a team. We're going to do this whole thing. But deep down in his heart of hearts, he's got to know that a couple years ago, supposed to have Andrew Luck as a fucking quarterback. Excited. Supposed to have Andrew Luck as a quarterback. Now, very close to the season, we're out for the 30-plus million dollar MVP quarterback yet again. It's a wild, wild team to be a fan of, I'm realizing. Obviously fans are going to be pissed and this sucks and this news changes things a little bit, but like as a player, if you're in training camp, like when you were, let's say, like towards the end of your career, because obviously the young guys just need to focus on trying to make the team and everything, but when stuff like this happens, do you... Like, are you actively thinking, like, oh, fuck, you've so, got to be kidding so me. So my biggest thing is I'm not worried about how Quentin's going to do this season. Quentin's going to come back. He's going to rehab. He's a professional. Right. Yeah. He's going to come back. He's going to play good football. And they won't even talk about this whenever he comes back towards later in the season because he'll go on to give up no sacks, no penalties, no nothing, and it'll just be like he just missed a couple games, maybe. Five to 12 weeks is a long time, by the way. Hopefully by the second time the doctor does the same surgery, they'll have a little bit more of a guesstimation on whether it's going to be before the season starts or Seven weeks into the season. I mean, that is two very different timetables, but the doctors, I don't think, enjoy giving projections because they don't know what's going to happen. So I don't know how the players feel about it themselves. Everybody understands, like, hey, 
Darius Leonard is going to be good at football Yeah, when he gets healthy. If he is healthy, if he's back already, I'm not 100% sure, but Darius Leonard is going to be good at football. The thing that I worry about, and it's what training camp is for, and this affects Carson a lot more than anybody because he's new there, is this when your team is like coming together. You know, like this is when the offensive line, and, and I might be speaking out of turn, I'm just somebody that used to pop into the offensive line meetings at night because it was always fun to poke my head in there and see how miserable a group of people <laughs> can be. You know what I mean? In, in a training camp, offensive line is not a position that is designed. I mean, you are banging your head into things. It is 400 degrees. You're normally a pretty bigger person. You're sleeping on a shitty bed, probably. Yep. You got to go to a public bathroom. And then you're also sitting, and it might be different now if they're in hotels or whatever. Still not ideal. You're not at your house. You're, you're a big body. Then you got to sit in hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of meetings that are literally breaking down every inch your foot moves. Like, uh, see that your heel went an eighth of an inch there. You lost all the leverage. You got fucking bodied by that person. And you're trying to do that. I'd go in there and just try to listen to them and just you know like, hey guys hey good day how the fuck yeah, yeah, yeah like that type of stuff big part of them is learning each other right and mm -hmm. i'm not saying that ryan kelly who i think is also injured by the way ryan no Kelly's way saying, no. i think yeah are you I'm, I'm not sure if he's playing but his name was on a tweet that was listing off all the bad things that were going on with the Colts. so i think he's potentially got a little something i'm not sure it's uh surgery but they know each other but like that camaraderie that timing like carson with ty like all that stuff is just so important I think. And with a 17-game season, obviously they'll be able to build that as the time comes, but in last year there was no OTAs or no training camp and it seemed to work for a lot of people, but I, there's some really good moments I think that happen in the middle of misery of training camp whenever people kind of come together, and that's what I worry about whenever your superstars aren't there. Like, yeah. when your superstars aren't there, who's setting the standard? Who's guiding that? There's a lot of leaders on this team. Those are not the only ones, but that's what I'm kind of bummed out about. I'll ask Frank Reich about it, though. As yeah. your friend, I think it's time for you to you know, put the Colts to bed and you know, come over to the dark side and root for the Patriots. No, it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for you to be miserable for the next twenty weeks. Just uh, put it, put it to rest, let it go. And if it's not the Patriots, fine. Maybe the Packers, maybe the Steelers in the back. Anything but the Lions, really, oh, in hey, this room. Hey, so MCDC said, "Now that the pads are coming on, we're going to find out who wants to deliver some punishment." Right. Who yeah, that's what MCDC said. Sure. I don't know if you saw them doing the down ups up there, but they were getting after it. They have oh, been yeah. on camp. Look for a couple, um, maybe similar reactions. As, as the Joe Judge camp, yeah. maybe for the Lions camp, if they don't, you know, we're Shape already up doing up downs. Yeah. yeah, you think Goff underneath a pile, getting squished by everybody, no. probably most likely going to happen. Yeah, well, then MCDC is going to come flying in there, and every other coach that's on their staff can also beat up probably anybody that's True. in there. So there's probably going to be a little bit of a war, but MCDC says we see who can deliver punishment and who can take punishment, which is also a big deal. Can he take a big hit, bounce up, still remain in the play, in the period, or do you need to go take a breather and come back later? I think by the time you get to the NFL, we know who can take a hit, who can't take a hit, but all MCDC saying is this is a it's a different time here in Detroit. Can we give Dan Campbell a little credit? All right, he played a lot in the years. He knows exactly how to keep oh, his players' bodies years. right. You're talking about in the NFL? Yeah, a lot okay. of years in the, the NFL. NFL. I right. missed a couple words. No, there. that's right. You were excited to talk about MCDC. I'm giving him credit. I have been giving him credit. Yeah, and I agree with that quote that he's saying. Now he probably said a much larger answer that was probably yeah. much more profound. And this just happens to fit the MCDC narrative. Like, <laughs> right. We will see who can deliver punishment. Who can take punishment is probably you know that's very much painting the character of Motor City Dan Campbell. Mm -hmm. There's probably much, but that's real. You never know. That's why it's hard for a lot of the veterans to take OTA serious. 
it's very, very difficult for a lot of the vets uh, to take OTA serious because you see some people who are absolute heroes in the spring, and then all of a sudden you get into the fall, and it is a different game. Now, there are people who are not that great in the spring for whatever reason a little bit slower maybe or something like that they're not able and then as soon as the pads come on it's like oh okay we got a goddamn cement mixer <laughs> yeah. we got a guy now he might have got exposed in the spring a little bit when everything was wide open you put some pads on this guy he's off and running it's two different teams but much like everything just like otas i think it's when you're building the hey you need to you need to be like a circle Hell yeah. you know what i mean there needs to be no edges you need, right. to, just, mm -hmm. you need to be a tight unit Let's continue to bounce around the NFL training camps. Justin Herbert threw a ball 70 yards on the run the Ooh. other day. He looks unbelievable. There's a lot popping off with the potential Los Angeles Chargers being good at football this year. Very quiet conversation about them. Last year, was it last year or two years ago, they were on hard knocks? Uh, last year, they were on hard knocks. A lot more chatter about them, obviously. Last year, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Herbert goes in because of a, a golf tee to the lung. He has a great, great run at quarterback. Yeah. Situationally, though, they lose in every game, basically. They're either running out of bounds when they are should be wanting to keep the clock moving or not getting out of bounds whenever they need the clock to stop. There was just a lot of like football IQ errors that were happening for that Chargers team. They should have won five to six more games. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Which is why whenever they fire the coaching staff after a hell of a run, and now granted the head coach did say that they were out of the playoffs before they were actually out of the playoffs. Ah, so that is something that potentially of. could get brought up at one point. But Staley coming in there, there has been nothing but praise sung about that man by people around the NFL that I have chatted about. You know, he's a quarterback that is also <laughs> defensive coordinator, so he sees it from both. He might be the perfect guy for Herbert and for that defense and for all the talent. And if they can get situational football right, the Chargers could be a real fucking problem, but they have a massive division. I like seeing Herbert chuck at 70 yards. It's also nice to see he doesn't need surgery the next day because the last guy mm. I saw throw the ball 70 yards in training camp mm. needed foot surgery the next day. Yeah, Herbert's up and at him, obviously. He's Stud. He's going to be very good. And like you mentioned, I think the biggest problem last year was obviously Anthony Lynn. Like we talked about it all year, how he just like there was just like a miscommunication there. He kind of just stunk down the stretch, which is why Lions fans should feel great because he's their offensive coordinator. That's right. But oh, yeah. uh, you're right. You know, I mean, I think the the Chargers, a lot of people like they I think they if Herbert takes that next step, I think they'll be a playoff team. I year. think so, too. The Chargers are going to be a good squad. Nobody's going to talk about it. Let's talk about Anthony Lynn being the offense. coordinator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's not his job to teach the situation of football. That's MCDC's That's overarching right. thing. Anthony Lynn's going to get back in the driver's seat and say, hey, I'm coaching again instead of handling all the other bullshit. Just like Jason Garrett going over to the Giants immediately becoming their offense coordinator. You know what I mean? Yeah, After you got to be excited about Crush, that. You got to be pumped about that. No, Anthony Lynn will get a chance to get back out there and do his thing. I wonder what it will be like not being a head coach anymore and not having to deal with that bullshit. But I'm pumped for Staley to get that Chargers team going. Let's go to the Houston Texans now. Deshaun Watson has been at training camp. Okay, because it's a $50,000 a day fine if you do not. The new CBA makes it impossible to hold out basically financially. You're going to lose way too much money if you don't go to training camp, even if you're not fucking happy about whatever it could be. Deshaun Watson showed up. He was listed as the fourth string quarterback. Today they went to pads. He was seen on the sideline getting work or, or somewhere away from the field. This whole situation continues to confuse the hell out of me. They're still talking as if he's going to play this year. 
I have no idea how that happens with everything that's happening off the field, but obviously him in Houston is not going to be a thing, and that's pretty apparent from what I've been reading thus far. It just ma- it makes no sense because he, why is he even out there? That's but, what I mean. Like, he doesn't want to play for them. They can't really trade him right now. Like you think at this point, like the teammates too, like they know, like okay, he's not going to be our quarterback this year. So it's like well, in the NFL, every time he's out there, all you do is get reminded of everything that's potentially going on yeah, outside. Right. It's like who wants that to happen the way it is? I guess maybe the Texans do because they want him to stop showing up so then they can get money from. I, I have no idea. Maybe not, that that by the way is probably not accurate at all. I well, have be- no idea who who is watching this going. Yeah, this is what should be happening because now. if he sits out or whatever, can't they like? He he's not going to get paid, right? Yes. I mean, they have they can just take his money anyway. So it's like at this point, why does fifty getting fined fifty thousand dollars at training camp matter if you're already very vocal about hey, I'm not going to play for these guys this year. I'd rather sit out and lose this money. Like I want to be traded. Like it just it makes no sense that he's still there. We did find out this morning though that the Houston Texans did just finish up a um, SpaceX like update on their locker room oh, and yeah. weight room and Jack Easterby, Mister Crip Rock. Uh, Crip Walk, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish for Christ guy. Yep. Who we have seen his work both as a pastor and as a leader of men down there in Houston. Oh, yeah. he, he and Mr. McNair and uh, Coach Dave and uh, Casario, they went ahead and put in a brand new locker room down there in Houston. <laughs> it's from the future. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now they said, now that we got this handled as the coolest locker room of all time, looks like they got uh, rocket, like race car seats in every single locker. That's awesome. Uh, that That's going to make you want to go play for the Texans, obviously, uh, aside from also getting a chance to operate alongside Jack Eastbury on a day-to-day basis. Uh, now they can handle Deshaun Watson. This is what they've been focused on. Is what I my, my sources have been telling me. Okay. And, and the coolest part about that locker room is Easterby actually comes down through yeah. the star in the Texans' head yeah. with communion for everybody and hands it out. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's awesome because uh, do we just have still photos? We don't have the video because the video I watched, that whole thing actually just lowers down. Yep. Some music starts playing. Yeah, too. so like, you know how some pop stars like Jackie's become up through yeah, the right. crowd, you know what I mean? Through on the stage, this one actually drops down and he, whoo, yeah, from the heavens. From the heavens. Yeah, he right. didn't want to come from hell. Yeah, exactly. Coming from the Lord's yeah. land. Bingo. And then go to the two photos, the red kind of around the bottom there, mm-hmm. then the white, obviously. Oh, yeah. Signifies yeah. the importance. Yeah. We know what's going on here. Yeah. Houston's smart. And with Deshaun Watson being on the field, he kind of has to be, right, if they're still trying to trade him? Because if he's not, then it's like, well... If but are they trying to trade him? Allegedly, they're not answering the calls. People are calling. There is conversations. But is he playing this year? We don't know. We know Lisa Friel did an investigation mm-hmm. for the NFL that led to this happening. So you have to... I, I mean, there is just like a... There's a never-ending circle here of what the fuck is going on with Deshaun Watson. I have no idea. And one of the ladies who is has the alleged offense did an interview, and it's not very good for Deshaun Watson. Very much condemns him, for sure. Okay, and that happened. Yeah, that, that happened yeah, recently. Yeah. So that's probably going to continue to happen yeah. then, right? We would assume, you would think so. So how – I don't understand any of this, but it continues to be said that he's playing I don't know how. Good luck. I hope justice is served either way yeah. in that particular case. <laughs> Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So 
Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. <laughs> when you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Lasts a long time. Banging it, banging it, banging it. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Her population, you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. F- free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Joining us now is a man... Who is not only tasked with being the head coach of an NFL team. Oh, yeah. That is not easy, okay? He's the head coach of a team that has high expectations because the team that has been built under he and the fine Southern gentleman, Chris Ballard, has been one where the culture has been at an all-time high. The skill level, impeccable. The draft picks have come to fruition. But right now, we are staring down and all hands on deck, firing the whole situation, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And also my quarterback coach uh, whenever he was just a quarterback coach uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Wright. Yeah! Yeah! Frank! Coach, how's it going? Hey, Pat. Good to see you. Coach, we're in the middle of training camp. All right, you, not me. I'm living a much different life. I actually got to golf 12 holes this morning. Not that different, I guess, from my training camp life, but the world you're living in right now. All hell is breaking loose over there. What's going on in the foot and uh, ankle department? And do we have enough time, you think, to get everything back on track here? Yeah, well, I mean, you you are the foot expert, so maybe we should have consulted you, yeah. right? But No, I mean, you can't make this stuff up, but it's all good. Uh, Pat, we'll be fine. Um, you know, you have the fluke injury with Carson from an old high school injury. And then, you know, we report that he has the surgery. And the same day he's getting a surgery, you know, Quentin leaves practice early. We get off the field, you know, talk to the trainers and, and get the word that this might be the same, essentially, not the exact, but essentially the same injury that Carson had. So we can, saw, you know, get the get all the tests, talk to the doctors and essentially need the same procedure. So uh, the good news is, you know, we're very optimistic, just like we are with Carson. We're very optimistic about the time frame. It is a big range, as you heard me say, it's five to 12 weeks, so that's a big big range, but we're we're optimistic on the front end. Okay, a couple things there, and I appreciate you being as forthcoming as you are right now. Is it a cleanup process? Is it like a bone is splintered, so they just go and clean it up? Is that what happened for both of them? And is it, are you saying essentially the same because it's two different parts of the foot? Yeah, so uh, here's what happened in Carson's injury. It was an old injury where he broke, he fractured up his foot, a bone in his foot. It got loose, but it somehow lodged in there where it wasn't bothering him for a long time. And then over the course of playing, 
five years in the NFL. It eventually just the other day popped out. And, you know, you got to go in there and take it out. The good news, Pat, I just said this to the local media, was the procedure was as good as it can be. You have something like that. You want to go in there, get the bone out, and then hope that there's nothing else going on. And, in fact, that's the good report that we got. But Carson's was from an old fracture. Quentin's is actually from a developmental anomaly, meaning something he was born with. You know, there was something, you know, that wasn't kind of totally right, and it was fine, and now all of a sudden step on it the wrong way, bam, same result, something, a, bone, a piece of bone that's going to be removed. Okay, so you're getting a call probably right now from Chris Ballard saying, why are you telling Pat all of this shit? <laughs> no, but I appreciate you telling us this. And I don't think that bone in his foot is his only developmental anomaly, by the way. Seems like that guy packs more power in this area than any <laughs> human in the history of existence. You said you're optimistic about earlier in the projections of 5 to 12 weeks. Is it 5 to 12? That's huge. That's like a cable, Wi-Fi. You know, that is a big window is that because they don't know how it's going to stick afterwards they don't know how, is that they, there's still a lot of question marks on what could possibly happen yeah there is uh i wish i was a little bit more of an expert on this uh no actually i'm glad i'm not because it means i haven't had a deal i will be by the time this is over but <laughs> when, when you get in there, there there's one thing that they can't tell from the mris that they have to wait till they get in there and you know how is something attached to it and did that was that damages the integrity of that other thing, whatever that is. If that's okay, then then you're thinking it's more on the front end of that. But if it's, you know, in the worst case scenarios, you know, if that extra thing is somehow, if the integrity of that is damaged, then you might end up on the back side of that. Okay, so Carson's back in about five weeks. That's before the season starts. Okay. But who knows how many weeks it's going to take there. We'll find out about Quentin later. Is, is it the developmental anomaly? Is there something else happening? Right now, you as the coach, right, you have to view, okay, so Jacob Beeson is the guy. I think it's come out, and there's been numerous sources uh, that have come out and said, hey, nine's a player. This guy is a great ball player. You're obviously anticipating Carson Wentz to get back for some portion of the season, maybe even in its entirety, depending upon rehab. But with Jacob Beeson there, this is a massive time for him right is he taking a majority of the reps as if it's his time to shine out there this is a massive time for him and he knows that he's approaching it the right way um yeah we're he's in the driver's seat right now and so um you know and all we're asking him to do is get a little bit better every day um in some ways this you know we've had two off seasons that he really hasn't got you know we haven't had normal off seasons but uh, he's done a good job last year during the season you know learning from philip rivers and jacoby Brissett. But man, now now this is uh, you know and now it's speed reading time. Now it's accelerated learning time, and every one of these reps is very valuable. How are you going to treat the preseason? Have you found well, it? He's going to play a lot. You know, I mean, that first game against Carolina, you know, I mean, if it was Carson, he'd probably play ten plays. But you know, I imagine you know we haven't talked it through yet totally, but I imagine Jacob will. My my gut reaction is he'll play at least a half. Okay, I can't wait to see how he does. Can't wait to see you get the boys ready. How's the team feel? I mean, obviously the stars being injured, Quentin, Carson, and Darius I think also has something. Is everything good with him? Is he be all right? Yeah, Darius I think will be back any day now. Um, we're good. I mean, you know, we talked about, hey, we got a little bit of adversity early on. And, you know, the big thing that we talked about is just don't overreact. Just don't overreact. And the way, the way to not overreact is just to stay focused on the mission at hand. And that's get better every day, become, become a team in training camp that puts the work in, creates the substance, right, the, the, the foundation 
to have a great season, and that's what we believe we're doing. I do. Are you, by the way, incredible speech right there, just out of nowhere? Did you? I don't know if you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that just came out of nowhere. Uh, I think a big part of training camp, Frank, and you, backup quarterback, come in superstar, also beloved by the locker room. I think a big part of it is building that camaraderie of like what type of team you're going to be. Like, how are you going to be? You saying, "Hey, we're facing some adversity here earlier," is obviously good for relationships and everything like that. Is Carson? Quentin and Darius, are they going to be around? Or are they going to be, like, how, how is that whole process going to be? Are they still going to be felt as you build the framework of what this year's team is going to be about? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, like, in both Carson and Quentin's case, Pat, what happens is, you know, like, I talked to Carson this morning for 30 minutes on the phone. We're talking plays. We're talking, you know, he's wanting the game plan. He's wanting the game plan already. Um, <laughs> I mean, he was in his normal mental mode, so... Um, Quentin will be the same way. You know, there's a few days. Basically, it's two weeks of do nothing, you know, other than heal. And then you start the rehab process. But I mentioned this yesterday to some of the media guys, like with both of these guys, you know, they could be doing walkthroughs in a few weeks. So, um, you know, maybe in two, three, four weeks. So, you know, maybe you get if this if, it, if everything goes perfect. Right. I mean, we don't know how it's going to go, but we're optimistic around here. So. If, you know, they, they rest for two weeks, they start the rehab process, they start doing walkthroughs, get some good mental reps, boom, start, you know, and then whether it's week one, week two, week three, you know, however it plays out, we're ready to go. Well, I mean, that is a great narrative, a great mission. And if the Indianapolis Colts fans saw Carson Wentz in a walkthrough three weeks from now, I think everybody would be like, ah, our guy's oh, no. back. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Ty. Coach, obviously the stuff going on with Carson stinks, but you sound pretty optimistic about him. But what uh, have you seen out of him so far that kind of reminds you of the guy you had seen and that, you know, thinking maybe like, okay, last year is just an anomaly. This guy is back. This is the guy I know. Well, I'll tell you, uh, there's one thing that's several, but two things. I mean, I'll just point to two things. One is, you know, in his second practice, you know, he had a he had a phenomenal practice in day two for him. And, you know, it just everyone saw it. Everyone saw it. You know, we're making plays down the field, doing all kinds of crazy things, good things, good, doing the easy things right, the hard things right, and, and making plays. But the other thing that is important to me, and when we signed him, I remember I was interviewed by somebody, and I said, hey, Colts fans, let me just tell you something. When this guy walks on the field, you're going to feel his energy. Like, he has a different vibe about him when he walks on the field. Like, you just feel it. And mm. and and I know I know the guys felt that. I, I know you could feel that here. And he's got the right mindset. He knows this is all about the team. This is not all about Carson Wentz. This is all about the right vibe of this team. But but we need his energy. We He's got energy. I mean, he's not only a great player, but he's got that leadership energy that you just look at and feel, our fans are going to feel. I'm telling you, when you when he, Pat, when you see him walk out in the field in warmups, you're going to say he's a guy. He's hey, a guy. He did it right here in the office, and as soon as he, literally <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I was like, Golly, this is a guy. Like, like, he he reminded me of Luck almost with his stature. Yeah. He is so large. Uh, I can't wait to see him come back. Another quarterback that you had history with. 
and uh, I'm not sure if you saw it. He cut a promo yesterday at a press conference. Nick Foles made me want to run through a wall. And obviously, he had great things to say about you and about Carson and his situation. Uh, but he obviously referenced, uh, you know, you and Carson and the Philly situation and the offense that was kind of titled around him. And obviously, Mortensen has reported there's there's been nobody uh, reach out to in the senior veteran quarterback world, including Foles or anything like that. But when you hear something like that, talk about how good of a coach you were and how you made somebody's life so much better that has to feel does that feel better than the biggest comeback in the history of the nfl that you led what two times or whatever is that the type of that has to feel damn good to hear well as a coach you know it's, it's about the it's about the relationship with the players and, and this game is about the players we are everybody knows that and you know as a coach when you feel like you can just help a guy a little bit right it's you know we know it's 99 percent them but if you can just help a little bit that can go a long way so I got all the respect in the world for Nick. He is a, not only a, one of the, I mean, he is a clutch player now and a big time player. He's even a better person. Um, he's a great teammate. Um, you know, obviously, and I've had, like, I did see the clip, because, uh, you know, the, I did see the clip. Someone showed it to me. And he's telling the truth when he said, we haven't talked. You know, I mean, we're friends. We'll always be friends. And um, he's a Chicago Bear. We're focused here on the guys that we have, and we're going to keep we're going to keep going down that road. And uh, we're excited with the guys we have. And I'll always, you know, be a Nick Foles fan. And I think I think he's a great player and a great person. Hey, when you both retire, you can sit back and enjoy what was a magical season from the sounds of it from Nick Foles. Last question here from a New England Patriots fan. Yeah, Coach, go Pats. Uh, around the uh, league. The guy has... stinks. The guy stinks, Coach. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you never know. Uh, around the league has guys get pads coming on. You know, someone in Carolina got hurt, and then there's brawls going on in New York. Is there like a blueprint to kind of be competitive while also keep the players safe, or are you just kind of hoping for the best? Yeah, no, I mean – it's it's both there's a little bit of a feel but you we do look at the you know we look at the numbers we got sports science we got a million people analyzing data every day um i i look at this printout every day after practice uh sometime you know pat if you ever can bring me on the show oh. you know maybe i'm in my career oh. then bring a i can bring a, one of these printouts with you that it's, a, it's an insane amount of information and uh about the players and this is about how to keep players healthy and there's all kinds of things that we look at we're always analyzing that but let me just say this i mean i'm a little bit old school in the fact that at the end of the day you got to practice you got to go hard there's no substitute for that we're going to try to take care of the players the best we can um i think our guys know that i think they feel that we adapt and adjust as needed but you know injuries are just part of the game what about the fights? Do you guys have a lot of fights in your practices or no? There's some cultures that are it's much different. Like, for instance, I guess this Carolina Panthers brawl was uh, big because there was a shot to the head. And then for the Giants, Daniel Jones was at the bottom of a pile. That's your franchise. And there was a full fight happening afterwards and everything like that. I've been around fights, obviously. I've seen fights. But it felt like some teams were much more likely to fight than other teams. Is your team a team that fights or no? I don't want our team. I don't want our team fighting. Um, you know, I, I know, like you're saying, Pat. There's that old school mentality that it's not a true training camp until there's at least one brawl. Yes. I mean, that, that's kind of the error that I, you know, that I grew up in. You know, you're kind of half generation behind, but it may be a full generation behind. But you know, that that's kind of that's one mentality. Um, we had a little skirmish the other day, but what what I've talked about with our players is I expect our leadership to our player leadership to 
to really lead the way there. That when things get heated, let, let's have that intensity. We want the same intensity that's going on before the uh, end of the play. But when the play is over, you know, I expect our leaders to be able to keep control of their position group so that things don't escalate. Hey, I want to let you know that if Jacob Eason, something happens, you know, I'm not saying there will, maybe he just gets a little mental block or something. Sure. Yeah. Third quarter of preseason game or whatever. Just know that I've been working on it and I still, hey, what? What? Look at that. Look at that. That is, that is art right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look at, and then I can, whoo, you know look what I'm saying? Cards, baby. Oh. Hey, you know, if you're a guy, you're a guy, and you've always been one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, put that on, hey, put that on the ticker. If you're a guy, you're a guy, and you've always been one from head coach Frank Reich, as have you, by the way, sir. It's been an honor to watch you coach. Good luck with this team building it with the absences and still COVID lingering around. By the way, happy to see you're okay. Hey, yeah. happy you're okay. But with everything lingering and everything happening, good luck. Can't wait to watch uh, the team that you put on the field on Sundays, Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, what? Saturdays. Uh, I can't wait to see the team. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me on. What do you got today? You got some meetings for the rest of the day? We got walkthrough. You getting after it in the gym? What do you got the rest of the day? Anything cool? I just got some meetings coming up next and a little walkthrough this evening. So got a lot of work to do yet. All right. Good luck out there, head coach Frank. Right? Yeah! Thank you, coach. He's the man. Yeah. So the dealing cards thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was the emergency quarterback. Like a lot of people think that was a joke, but Frank Reich was the assistant quarterback coach. He, my first couple years, had to come out with me, go through the plays, basically get the quarterback center exchange, center quarterback exchange thing right, the ducks, sicko, you know, the yeah. whole thing. And then the handing off of the whole thing. Like the, he was the one that had to develop me. And then Clyde Christensen, right, I write this, is what we're going to do. We got dice, right, 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 and go through the whole thing. So then I take the, the fundamentals that I learned from Frank into and try to apply it to like 10 plays or whatever with Clyde Christensen. And I think those two were just, I don't want to say like practicing their, I think, I think Frank Reich was practicing his coaching. You know what I mean? Okay. He's like, I'm not going to get the opportunity to coach what is the equivalent of a seventh or eighth grader ever again, because I'm going to be. <laughs> so he was really like, it was, I think he was really invested. And I feel like we put in very good 15, 20 minutes after walkthroughs and everything like that. He, it finally broke through whenever he told me it was like dealing cards. You know, he found out I was a gambling person. He's like, you know how you like, you know how like you. You deal or something like that. You probably deal like this, but you know how somebody, that's exactly the motion that you should be doing. I'm like, oh, fucking eat. Okay. Perfect. Whoa, uh, uh. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can deal cards with fucking anybody. You want know, to rig deck too? I got, hi, <laughs> He was a good guy. He was always a good guy. That's why I was excited whenever he got the head coaching gig. And if you do recall, at the press conference, I asked him about the Josh uh, McDaniels. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's strictly because of my relationship that I had with him that I could ask that. But his answer was just like as perfect as you could ever imagine. And I mean, there was a chance, I guess, that that could go uh, a bad way or whatever. Oh, they want to use our clips. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can, by the way. I'm in the middle of my show. You know that you see that happening. As is Todd. He probably Lord. got an email. Go ahead and use the clips. We're very lucky and thankful that Frank stopped by. But I, whenever he answered and said, like, the backup role was always good for me. He had the biggest comeback, I think, in college football history. Then he had the biggest comeback in NFL history whenever he was with the Bills. He's always just been that guy. And the backup quarterbacks, we all see Dan Orlovsky now. And you, you hear, like, most backup quarterbacks go on TV. They know all the offenses. Yeah. Like, that's 
that's their job is to be another quarterback coach, basically. But they also have the confidence to have those conversations with the star quarterback. It's a very it's not an easy role. You're like almost a diplomat as well as a potential teammate and coach and a set of eyes, an extra set of eyes. It's a tough position. Normally, uh, those who get into the coaching ranks do pretty well. And I think that's why people were calling for Orlovsky a couple years ago. Like, hey, yeah. you want to get in here and Ooh. do this or whatever. Dan said, no, I got to get on TV and say bad things about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, uh -huh. Sure. Yeah, that's what Which, you know, to each their own. But uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting because I think if you're a Colts fan, like his temperament and everything, like that he's the, the perfect guy for a situation like this. Because I feel like if you do have a coach who's like a little more emotional and everything, and you have these three big injuries that happen right away, like things could change a little bit. But he doesn't seem swayed in the slightest. It's like, hey, it's part of the game. We'll be okay. These guys are going to be fine. Let's get to work. Let's not overreact. Yeah. And him and Chris have a great relationship, from what I've been told. Like, Chris and Frank love each other. I don't know how you couldn't. They're both massive football dudes, but still, Quentin Nelson, let's hope that that uh, developmental anomaly is as clean as Carson Wentz's bone that just hopped out of its little hibernation since high school. Yeah. I guess it's just been kind of knocking there somewhere, and then all of a sudden... It just says, you know what, Carson? Looks like you're getting your life back together. Looks like you're having fun playing football again. Looks like this team's going to go on a run for you, huh? It's a whole new world. And that thing that was just nestled somewhere in his foot since fucking high school. It's so many, so many incredibly aggressive foot movements yeah. ago. As soon as he gets his life back together, training camp's happened. That bone says, oh, remember me, bitch? <laughs> And gotcha. then they have to go in there and get it, and they said it went clean. But five weeks is what it sounds like, by the way. Yeah, well, good to know for us, though, for preseason betting that Jacob Eason and the boys are going to be out there for quite some time. So yeah. hammer the course. At least a half, he said. At least a half, Jacob Eason. Or maybe. We'll see. I mean, yeah. three. that might be a say. good live bet. You know? uh -huh. yeah. Might be a good live bet just to see oh. how the kid's doing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. We should have followed up, maybe, with how is Jacob Eason How's looking. How's it look? But How's instead, look? you asked the question that I wanted to ask, or after I – you. Like you asked a question that was very much needed was what tells you that Carson Wentz is back even if he gets healthy. Right. And it was him saying like an aura basically. You you could see how maybe he had lost that in Philadelphia where he lost his, you know, kind of mojo. Hey, yeah. He lost his mojo. And if he's coming out here just skipping around, he said the guys had to have felt it. Like the guys had to have felt Carson out there. That's huge for the team. I'm bummed we're going to miss it for at least two weeks. He's just got to lay down and watch it. He's probably watching this show. No, he's watching film. He's fucking Carson. True. That's right. Game planning already. Right. Yeah, he's game planning. Let's go to Josh in Ohio on the 5-Hour Energy phone line. Go to 5HourEngie.com. Use promo code McAfee to receive 10% off your order. Remember, this is only valid through September 30th. Oh, correct. Okay. Get on it. We're not even in that month yet. No. no. Oh, yeah. Just started August, actually. I could not tell you. I could not tell you what this show is going to look like on September 30th. <laughs> no. <laughs> this show could be vastly different than than it is now, but you got time to use promo code McAfee at 5HourEngie.com to save 10%. Let's go to Josh in Ohio on the 5-Hour Energy phone line. What's going on, Josh? Hey, what's going on, Pat, Toxic Table, and the boys? Hey, hey, how you doing, man? What part of Ohio are you in, Josh? Ah, Cleveland. 
Okay, not a bad city there. A couple, uh, a couple. Weeks. Uh, they yeah. the Browns nice. are on the up and up. Yeah, the Browns are on the up and up. They're going to win a Super Bowl, I right. the Super Bowl, which would imply this year. That's a lot of pressure to put on Baker and the boys. They're just second year yeah. in this thing. They're going to go on a hell of a run. They'll win a Super Bowl. Jack's Casino downtown. Ooh. That's just handing out money, Josh. I don't know if you're of age yet, but they just hand out money to people over there. East Fourth Street. Oh, with the Christmas. Oh, Barrios Tacos. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Guardians. Oh. Oh my God! Yeah, the Guardians baseball team. That ballpark is a beaut to go to. And then the Guardians on the bridge going over. It. Oh, and let's not even get Town Hall. Me and oh. Baker Mayfield having drinks at Town Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to talk about, Josh? Hey, I just want to talk about Carson Wentz and this developmental anomaly. Do we really think the Colts? And uh, hold it down while he's out for five to 12 weeks. Hey, the developmental anomaly is with Quentin fucking Nelson. All right? It's not with Carson Wentz, Josh. Jeez, can you listen to Frank Reich? This guy's giving us incredible answers, Josh. My bad, my bad. No. What's up Carson Wentz? I thought it was a foot thing. Yeah, it was. I guess he had a bone that popped out of nowhere that had been injured in high school, and now they're getting it removed. They said it was a clean surgery. They said he should be back. Well, now, who knows how accurate that is, but he said normally earlier on the projections if the surgery goes clean, which he reiterated like three to four times that it did. Right. So, Josh, I think he's back by the season. Thanks for the call over there in Cleveland. Oh, Hi, I believe we're having some issues with the phones. A lot of people are on, then they get hung up on. That is not me. I don't believe that's mid. It seems like that is a tech issue. Okay. Speaking of issues, I'm just reading this now. I did not know this was the case because I was in a couple of meetings yesterday, and then this morning I woke up to golf, second round of the year. Not bad. Still won. Matt Stafford hit his thumb off a helmet at the end of practice and left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is via Kevin Modesty. Modesty. The Rams got a scare when quarterback Matthew Stafford hit his throwing thumb on a helmet near the end of practice. Stafford left the field with the thumb wrap but holding his helmet with the hand. I don't know anything yet, Coach Sean McVay said. I think he'll be okay. Stay away from the fucking quarterback. What the hell is going on? That is one of the best quotes that you'll hear at most training camps. It got highlighted on Hard Knocks whenever the guy who uh, taught Haley – and somebody got into it about the defense being close to the quarterback. And Todd Haley said, in the NFL, you don't go near the fuck quarterback. And then defense coordinator will tell somebody to block him. Then he's like, well, I don't. That is not what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's not the point. That is a real thing, too, because look how much money. They, they put the entire future of the franchise on the line for Matthew Stafford to get moved out of Detroit to L.A. Now, they got rid of Goff in a massive contract, but also numerous first-round draft picks. All you need is one person to say, oh, I would have made this sack. Let me showcase this on film. And one no-look pass from Matthew Stafford. And that bubble, that ratio, that barrier that you would hope that is around every NFL quarterback but inevitably doesn't happen in every single play because that would be crazy to think that it would but it should uh and bang bro what happens he breaks his thumb right there it's at least what six seven weeks yeah and there are three first rounders you gave up and everything is done because a guy is too close to the goddamn quarterback and that is what you hear offensive coaches say basically in practice uh, but it's not as easy as you stay away from quarterback there's obviously push people pushing on the back yeah. of defensive linemen somebody maybe trips and falls you get in there but that is of utmost importance. don't get anybody hurt out here especially us our stars even though it seems like this is potentially happening around the league right yeah now. you hope he's okay but i think you know they're probably thinking hey we're going to be all right if he is out six seven weeks because we got we got the wolf good point we got the backup yeah. quarterback we got the 
Wolf. We, we already saw what he did last year in the playoffs. With a hurt thumb to With golf. a hurt thumb. And then, you know, the neck brace and came back and damn near played the next week. I mean, the guy's a player. He's a star. So. Yeah, and I think they did trade away all those first-rounders for Matthew Stafford to maybe – Hey, if he doesn't start, he can back up the Wolf. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Jared Goff wasn't that good of a backup. No. no. That's what they were saying. He was standing off all by himself. Yep. Remember in that last game, he was kind of off all by himself, wasn't really helping a Wolf. Mm-hmm. Let's get him out of here. Also, a broken thumb for Matthew Stafford is basically a paper cut. He'll play. He's fine. Hey, merely a flesh wound. Yeah. yeah. Throwing hand, though. That's tough. Stay away from the quarterback, dude. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who has taken a company from being talked about, having a niche group of fans to a worldwide sensation doing business all over the globe. Uh, A name synonymous with mixed martial arts at this point, the face of the UFC, ladies and gentlemen, President Dana White. What's up, dude? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm okay. Thank you for joining us. You look fantastic. Is this your office? Are we in your office right here? No, this is the war room. This is where we make all the fights. Okay, so whenever you look at that globe, the uh, flat earth back there, listen, that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) But when you look at that thing, are you trying to to match? Like, what information do you gather from everything that we're looking at right here? So to the right of me over here are all the fights that we're working on. We've got fights fights made all the way up to uh, December 11th. On this wall right here is every fighter um, in the UFC in the top 15 in, in, in each weight class. And we literally sit. This is this is the, the heart and soul of this entire. If you come to our, our offices here, we, we I don't care what sport you go to, the NFL, uh, soccer, or whatever the hell it is, we have the <laughs> nicest offices on planet Earth, okay? And this is the heart and the soul, probably the ugliest room here, but this is the heart and the soul of this whole company. I mean, we, we sit in this room, me and the matchmakers, for, you know, three to four hours a day and just uh, argue and, you know, put together fights and talk about what's next. And, yeah, everything is done in here. That's awesome. I've gotten a chance to see some of your office via Robbie uh, from over there at Barstool. And I think my favorite thing is the uh, the AR or the AK, AK yeah. the AK piece of art that you have in there. And then the chef and fuck it Friday is really cool. Thank you for allowing the world in to see the league that you've been able to run. Let's talk about this a little bit. You talk about matchmaking and everything like that. But you obviously have your superstars as well. Whenever you hear like John Jones's name come up or Connor going through his rehab at a much quicker rate. Do you have to take that all into consideration when you're projecting these things months and months out? Or are you like, let's get through this month and then we'll get to next month? Are you book? How far out are you booking at this point? Yeah, I don't even I don't even think about that. You know, and, and as far as I'm concerned, Connor's out for a year. You know, the, the doctor said nine months. And, uh, you know, by the time he starts training again, we're, we're looking at like a year. So I, I don't even I don't even think about it. It doesn't even cross my mind. We're focused on all the people that are that are here or fighting, you know, whether you're an up and comer that just came off the contender series, the guys that are coming off this season of the ultimate fighter or anybody else on the roster that's that's currently active right now is all we we think about. Hey, Dana. So I know you uh, from the jump when when COVID hit, you you found a way to get it done. You get fight island, all that stuff happens in the apex. You're fighting now still at times. What was there ever a moment when you thought, hey, like I meant to shut down for an extended period of time? I think the law, we were shut down for uh, six weeks. 
uh, during during the pandemic when it happened. Um, and, and it was without a doubt the hardest thing that I've ever gone through in my career. Not just trying to find a way to get through it, but the, the negativity, the attacks by the media um, and, and all that type of bullshit that I had to go through daily um, was, was, was what made it the most challenging. But I knew that I was willing to do whatever it took, willing to spend whatever it would cost to make this thing happen. And one of the bigger things for me was, you know, when you look down the barrel of this thing at the time, you know, the standard thing to do is you lay off 30% of your employees. Um, you know, we, we, we take all the executives, you cut their salaries in half, and you do that type of stuff. There was no fucking way that I was doing that to any of my people. Some of my people have been with me for almost 20 years. A lot of these people have been here for 10. I'm just going to, you know, just just cut them, let them go, furlough them, do all that. There was, there was no way in hell that was happening. So we were either going to go down in the burning ship together or we were going <laughs> to we we're going to fight through this together. And that's what we did. I think my favorite interview, maybe at the beginning of that entire thing, obviously, Tiger King stole the show for a bit. But you were <laughs> you were being interviewed and you you were very open about like hey, our partners are forcing us not to have a fight. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're trying to be good business partners here, but our partners are basically saying like, yeah, we can't do this. We were able. OK, I did secure a fucking island to do this, but it was like very it was cool to kind of see. And then. At one of your most recent press conferences, maybe a week or two ago, you said something that scared the shit out of us, Dana, okay? Because we've been dancing on COVID's fucking grave over here pretty hard, okay? And then you said that, I don't know if you said if there's another stoppage, the UFC won't stop, or you were thinking that there maybe will be another stoppage and the UFC won't stop. What do you know? Are we, are we, is that happening, Dana? It's that. It's not that I know anything. It's just. I mean, I'm. I'm looking at the same things you guys are looking at. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, when, when you're 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 forcing people to be vaccinated that don't want to be vaccinated, or you can't go into a gym or a restaurant, or you could possibly get fired if you don't get vaccinated. Um. And 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 all the the Delta, you know, blah 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 blah. It's just like who knows what what's next or what curveballs coming. The answer is I don't give a shit what any of these people do I, I i'm i got my shit dialed in i know what i'm gonna a year and a half ago you got me okay i didn't i didn't see that coming i i, I didn't i never thought that that vegas could be shut down and i never thought that that was even a possibility in my lifetime um but now i do and and now i'm ready for anything so um i'm not over here like, like we we just had a couple of, of fights fall out uh due to covid this last week, you know, and, and, and there will be more. It's just it's part of our life now. This is this is part of what's going to happen in the future. But I'm not putting any restrictions on any of my people and forcing them to do anything. I've never forced anybody to, to do anything, let alone take a shot you might not be comfortable with. You know, yeah. I just I, I, it's not me. It's not what I would ever do. Dana, I'm sure you get asked all the time with all the celebrity boxing going on and everything. But the fight I'm, I'm curious about that I almost forgot what's happening was Oscar De La Hoya fighting Vitor Belfort in September. How do you think that's going to go? Come on. I'm praying Vitor knocks this crackhead out and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and viciously, viciously knocks him out. He said he's worried about killing him. Vitor said that. He's hey. worried he's going to kill him. Yeah, listen, as much as I can't stand that dirtbag, um, you know, De, De La Hoya is legit. And De La Hoya, 
back in the day when me and De La Hoya were cool, I actually was up in his camp. Just his jab could knock people out. I mean, De La Hoya in his prime was the real deal. Um, you know, so this is a real fight between, between two real guys. I, I think that, um, you know, obviously Vitor has the power to KO him. But but De La Hoya is no joke either. All right, you know, hopefully hopefully all the all the coke sniffing and, and, and <laughs> tequila drinking and whatever other shit that guy's been up to is caught up with him. And Vitor lays one right on that big mouth of his and knocks him unconscious. Okay, so we'll put Dana White in uh, Team Vitor. Yeah, sounds like it. Okay, that, that feels like that was kind of. Let's talk about uh, fake fighting here a little bit. I saw you in the Oculus. In the throw of the fight. Yeah, I'm, I live in there. Hey, I've been trying to tell people how good of a workout it is. I hate cardio. It's incredible. It is. Uh, are you still fighting in there? And how, how do you do yeah, it? Yeah, we, we have it set up in the gym in here. And, uh, man, is that fun or what? And oh. it, it, it kicks your ass. Are you knocking people out in there? Are we knocking people out? Or are you going to the judges? <laughs> so, so one of the things, we're, we're working on this new, um, you, you know, when you want to box, the hardest thing to do is to get a mitt man, to get a guy that holds the pads for you and stuff. So we're working on this system right now where you have a pad guy. And I'm working on this workout where we go from the Oculus to the pads. And then when the pads are done, you, you lift weights. It's a killer workout. Yeah, you can. And I'll send you one. We're working on the prototype right now, and it's getting there. We're right there. When, when, when I get it a little bit better, I'll send you one of the prototypes. And you can check it out. Oh, I would love to. Hey, am I going to become a fucking monster or what? Is that, <laughs> do you think that's going to happen? No, your cardio and your hands are going to be unstoppable is what's going to happen. Uh, will you write that down to remind me to send one of these these prototypes? Yeah, please. Uh, thank you. Right, to whoever send you one of these. Hey, tell whoever that is I said thank you. I don't know if they're making fights in the meantime and then taking notes for you. And I can't thank you no, enough. That's that's Lene, my head of PR. She's a she's a beast. Hey, Lene, thank you for that in, in advance. And uh, we'll take an XL shirt too. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. XL shirt if we want to. Let's right. talk, let's talk yeah, about send these guys both a bunch of UFC. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, appreciate that. Let's talk about this weekend. Hey, let's talk about this weekend. Big-time fights. Obviously, my balls was hot is one of my favorite fighters <laughs> on earth. He's headlining. We got a big weekend ahead. As You're putting fights on every week at this point, huh? Yeah, pretty much every week. Um, and yes, when it comes to heavyweight championship fights, you know, this is an interim title fight. You can't get a better fight than this. You know, you, you have Derek Lewis, who is the hometown favorite in Houston. Big celebrity there. They love him. Has that one-punch knockout power. Actually beat Francis Ngannou, the champion, against Cyril Gaon, who is undefeated, 9-0, and also has never fought the champion. So whoever wins this fight, takes on uh, Francis Ngannou for, you know, to unify the title. Can't go. get a better heavyweight fight than this. Hey, let's go. I'm going to go into the uh, thrill of the fight and watch and knock Spider out a couple times, the big son of a bitch, <laughs> oh, and get yeah. ready for a big heavyweight fight. Go ahead, Ty. Dana, at this point, like when it comes to finding new talent, does that kind of stuff just genuinely come to you? Or like, do you still have to go out and kind of like find guys? Or do you feel like at this point, everyone's trying to fight in the UFC? Like, is it a lot easier to to find guys like Sugar Sean and, you know, guys who are going to become huge superstars? No. So we still have, you know, shows like The Ultimate Fighter and, uh, and the Contender Series. <clears throat> and what it does really is introduces so many people to these young up-and-coming stars. These guys, basically, when they come off these shows, <clears throat> are already, you know, stars in the making. 
But we also go out and look at talent. We cultivate talent. Like if we see people in China or India or Mexico or Puerto Rico or some of these different places that we think has potential, we will fly them out to the United States, put them in, 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 in really good camps and let them train with some of the best fighters in the world um, so that they can get to that next level. We've been doing that for like 12 years. Yeah, I think the fights and the fighters are such good stories. I mean, the stories that come out of it. And Sugar Sean, is, uh, he's come on our show a lot. We're big fans of. He has that just swagger, it seems like. And that's the fight game, right? You guys, the fight game is, and that's, I assume, in that room you do a lot of, in the matchmaking, do you take into accountability? Like, all right, here's some buzz. Here's a... What's <coughs> We got to clean this place. <laughs> I think I just got a bug in my mouth. If you could send Lene, uh, fly swatter as well. <laughs> UFC fly swatter, that'd be fantastic if you could do that. When you're trying to put these fight cards together, like knockout power you think about, hey, this one has a lot of like history behind. Like, How do you go about and how much is like the promotion a big part of it? Because I feel like the whole world gets invested whenever two people are talking shit to each other. Whether the guys like to do it or not or the girls like to do it or not, it feels like that is just good for business. Business, right? Do you think about that? Do you guys promote that? Or is that just kind of how the business runs and it always has? No, we don't. We, we go based off skill uh, rankings and things like that. Listen, if you get a guy like, like Conor McGregor, who obviously can fight, he's got good punching power and things like that. And if he has that it factor to become a big star, that's just that's just a huge bonus. Um, but we don't we don't really look at that when we're making fights. How about Diaz? Five rounds. You you had to think. All right, this guy. We'll put. We got Diaz in Phoenix. Yeah, we'll put his ass in a fucking five rounder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that had that was a home run. That was a home run fight. And I think you almost ended that thing exactly how everybody thought it was going to go there. Obviously, I think the other Diaz is getting back in there. How good for fighting is that guy? Yeah, no, the Diaz brothers are definitely fun, and they have they bring a completely different fan base in when they fight. It's fascinating. Um, and, and people just love these guys. And, and, you know, from their press conferences to the weigh-ins to the fight itself, uh, people are, are, are fascinated by the Diaz brothers. I saw you dropped marijuana testing for it immediately after the Diaz press conference where the, <laughs> <laughs> the picture went where uh, uh, the, the timing just worked out on the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, good luck this weekend good luck with all your fights and good luck with finding and congratulations finding like a blueprint for if the world ever stops you got this own arena basically that you created in an island it's incredible work congrats on everything Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys. And I got a bunch of stuff coming for you. So thank you. We heard that. We, hey, we'll send some back, by the way. Are you knocking people out in there or not? Where? Yeah, on the video game, maybe. No, yeah. You know, depending on what you have the setting on, those guys are tough. And you know what I love about that is a workout. As soon as you press start, they jump right on you. Yeah. So you really got to start, start going at it. it. It's such a killer workout. The Oculus, they don't pay me jack shit. I don't get paid for this. I, it's just... I'm just telling you, if if you guys like to get in shape and you and you love the box and you love fighting, check it out. Thrill of the fight, and you don't have to get punched in the actual face, which I love. I <laughs> exactly. absolutely, I absolutely. Well, well you, you know what my son told me? My son told me that they actually sell like a vest that you can put on 
and headgear and you feel the punches when they punch you back. No, no, that's why that's why I'm doing virtual reality. <laughs> uh, but that is awesome. That is uh, continuing to evolve, obviously, just like you, ladies and gentlemen, president of the UFC and maybe the greatest blackjack player to ever play blackjack, Dana White. Yeah! Do you identify as crypto curious? If you thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency but felt a little overwhelmed or confused, Coinbase makes learning to buy and sell simple. If you've been looking to level up your financial portfolio, it's always good to diversify. Why not think about cryptocurrency a little bit? Backed by the world's leading investors, Coinbase keeps your portfolio safe and secure while adding crypto into your mix. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, what, sell, what, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currency on the market and make them accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade securely and monitor your crypto all in one place. Millions of people in over a hundred countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users can get $5 in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com forward slash pat. That's C-O-I-N-B-A-S-E.com forward slash P-A-T. Sign up at coinbase.com forward slash pat for $5 in free Bitcoin. Coinbase.com forward slash pat. Shout out to Coinbase, by the way. Making the crypto world easier to understand and maneuver through. Joining us now, one half of the Hammer Down Boys at Bubba Gumbino. Diggs is still working out there. Gumpy, great to see you. Fresh shoes, fresh beard, oh, yeah. fresh shirt. Is Gumpy still incredibly hot on Hammer Down? Ten and two over the weekend now. Four and one last night. Oh, yes. Look at this. Huh? Fourteen and three, dude, over his last seventeen. Is that fucking good or not? Wow. Pretty sure. Gumpy, it's been awesome to watch and follow along. Are you doing Olympics, baseball? What are you betting Just on? Just sticking to baseball, what I know, waiting for soccer to start this weekend, then we'll really ramp it up. Uh, there's a new world ranking by FIFA. Okay. This and FIFA is not one to ever do anything in a corrupt fashion no, or crooked no, no, or anything no. like that. They are by the book. I think it's called uh FIFA because it stands for for forever in between fuckery and lies boom and the l is silent at the end right yeah. they they would never lie about anything they put out the fifa world rankings look who has a new home in the top 10 i hate to break it to the world about the world's game but it feels like and we've been paying attention a lot more because it does involve us the united states mm -hmm. our a team and our b team are winning tournaments over everybody in the concafa yeah. we want the italians to put up the europe's trophy against our two trophies we're ranked number nine right now portugal don't you wait till you see what we do to Cristiano ronaldo oh. okay so that puts us at eight we might as well put us at eight now spain's got no shot nope. argentina they just won the big time thing down there they're going to rest on their yawnies. They got no. Might as well put us at at least five. We already challenged Italy. They turned it down. We wanted the Europe yeah. to come on over. Uh, let's England, please. Let's they, not don't even, yeah. they don't want it. They don't want it. With again. that manager that England has substituting those dudes in with two minutes left and extra time to go and throw them into a life or death situation in England, in London, to win the Europe's and PKs. I already know with that Stooges coach, we're just fine against him. Easy. Might as well put us up there at three. I mean, Mbappe and France, they got that entire issue going on with oh, that. Yeah, uh, the sex tapes. The sad, yeah. that whole thing. Put us at two. Brazil's going to be a problem. They're going right? to be tough. They're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. <laughs>
Brazil's going to be tough. I feel good about Belgium, though, too. I just want to be in the last World Cup. We're top three, not three, I think, at this point. I agree. So congrats to the world for creating the world's game, the most beautiful game and all that shit. But most importantly, congrats to us because we have finally found the team that is going to dominate everybody. It. To go up plus 11 in a rating like that is pretty remarkable. You think it's because of the hype that people who don't know the game have been given the <laughs> no. United States? Do you think it's because of outside voices that FIFA's finally giving the United States a little bit of respect? They got eyes on them now. That's right, and that's our B team winning that day. Yeah, think about Jeez. it. If we had Pulisic, we probably would have won 8 nothing. Arena, too. As oh, well. please. Uh, and we got a 12-year-old goalie now who stops everything. I mean, yeah, we basically right. found it. We got the new Tim Hired. Yeah. So oh, man. We had Tim, Sorry. He had Tammy Oli. And then we had Tim Hired. Mm-hmm. And now we got this 12-year-old who looks like he's going to be able to play for the next 20 years. He's unbelievable. We got a team. We're winning the World Cup next. Congrats to you, guys. Here we go. Oh, Congrats to you, Gumpy, too, being 14-3 and three over your last 17 bets. I can't wait to follow along at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer down 15 minutes after this show ends there are just locks being handed out by the boys every day we appreciate it joining us from his attic in ohio ladies and gentlemen uh aj hawk what's up dude what's going on great uh riveting soccer talk i'm glad i was able to be on for that i just want to let you know i had to get that out of the way and i decided to do it before you because i didn't want you to ruin it and here you are tagging at the end Congrats to the U.S. You, you moved up in a poll. I think that's big news. That's a great thing. Like, like Guppy said, they got eyes on them now. Hey, listen. There's a lot of people sliding down that poll. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. But here in the United States, we're climbing yodly, up that yodly, poll. Yodly, yodly. We are yodely, yodely. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're yodely, yodely all the way up that poll. And we're going to hang out there. We're probably going to do a couple twisty turnies, too, as Ooh. well. A little whoop-de-woos up there. And listen, you're not being obnoxious. We're fully aware. Like, hey, Br- Brazil's going to be tough. Yeah. Right? You know, Brazil's going Brazil's gonna to give we're us We're humble. Eight. Yeah, uh-huh. very much so. But that doesn't mean we're not coming. Yeah, okay? that, that doesn't mean that the other eight that are staring down an inevitable fate of us being better than them yeah, dead meat. should not be talked about. Like, Belgium, I don't even know how they're number one, to be honest well, with you. Well, De Bruyne. Who? Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> Glory for De Bruyne. Yeah, well, he's, he's a problem. Belgium <laughs> has been number one for a while, though, and they ain't won a damn thing. They didn't win to Europe, did nah. they? No, we look so much into Belgium. They got 50% tax on everybody, right? That's yep. what they're charging over there because I thought Belgium with the waffles and good everything. Good place to live. We thought it was a great place to live. That's why their soccer team was so good. It is probably fantastic. Oh, but yeah. I didn't see them do a damn thing in this Europe's tournament where we win two over here. Belgium doesn't even win one. They're out like, Number eight, number one. Eight, eight, three. Three. Get out of here, AJ. It's a fucking joke, dude. We should be number we top two, not two. Yeah. Uh-huh. At this point, I think we've proved that at this point. Don't you think, AJ? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely assume because of the waffles that Belgium was a very solid soccer team. That's That was the, uh, the same logic I had. The place to live. Come on. That's where it started with place to live, which then automatically made the players happier. And if you're happy, you succeed. Or do you succeed because you're happy? Both those questions could be tested with Belgium. We did some research. Turns out it's not the place that I thought it was. And it's still nice. Oh, yeah, Belgium's beautiful. beautiful. But beautiful. Belgium is beautiful. I love Ypres. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get some topics that are happening. Quentin Nelson has the same exact injury as Carson Wentz. Having the same exact surgery as Carson Wentz. Has the same exact time table to return as Carson Wentz. Two of the Indianapolis Colts' biggest stars, best players, out with the same damn thing in their foot. Uh, Carson Wentz's surgery went very well. 
Frank Reich alluded to the fact that he'll be back in the closer to five weeks than 12 weeks. I guess we'll have to sit and find out about Quentin Nelson. Everything's burning down out here around the foot, AJ. What the hell is going on? Well, hopefully, uh, I saw your Frank Reich uh, interview. I thought that was very good. I thought Frank was very uh, honest and open and very relaxed. I assume he talked to the local media right before. But with the Quentin Nelson thing, his surgery is happening right now, right? I believe it's happening today. Yeah, this afternoon is when it was scheduled. We are afternoon. We will have eyes on the surgeon who's trying to go back to back for yeah. the first time in probably years and years. Well, with now. no complications, too. That's the thing. When he, I heard Frank say, well, with Carson, they got in there and they wanted to make sure they rule out any like other further damage that may be there. And he said, good. All we do is take that bone out. Hopefully we have the same case with Quentin. Hopefully they don't get in there and see that it's more serious. Developmental anomaly is what they said or are describing with Quentin Nelson's bone. And is this a bone spur? Is that what this would be or no? Is a bone spur when a part of the bone frays out and then the, is this a chipped bone? Bone spurs grow. Don't eat bone spurs. I know I've had them taken out of my foot ankle. I think they like they would grow on top of something. They like a growth on top of it. I think this bone may be floating around, I guess, in Carson's foot for herb. It, it got stepped on, right? And then it started floating around. So Carson's happened in high school. Who knows how it happened? But it was lodged somewhere. The bone was lodged somewhere. And then it came out and said, how do you do just the other day? And now it's the irritation is so heavy, they have to get rid of it. Quentin Nelson's, they said, developmental anomaly. So I assume that just chips off and it's just floating around your foot. That has to hurt so bad if I had to guess. Yeah, because you imagine what he's going to be when he comes back now without that bone, you know, bothering him. He's going to be unbelievable. A whole new player. We don't know if he even knew that he had this anomaly until right now. That's right? what I mean. If it is a developmental anomaly, isn't it possible that he's just been playing with this his entire football career? Didn't, and Frank didn't, said he didn't was know. born with it. Didn't yeah, he? he had no idea that he had this extra bone, I think, and then it just chopped off and then it started floating around there like, so there's a bone floating around we never seen before. So we assume you just grew it yourself. Is that what they're? Is that how they describe this thing? And are we not talking about this foot doctor having a perfect back to back? Well, here? also maybe Who's let's he? stay focused. Yeah, if you get this guy under the microscope, he, wait, he 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 going he's going in there for Carson Wentz's surgery, and he's like, all right, here we go, let's have a day. Yeah. All right. This guy's potential MVP back. All of the Indianapolis Colts fans are panicking. Let me go in there. Boom. Perfect day. I'm a fucking hero. Did it. Talk about it. Still the expert. <laughs> then all of a sudden, next day, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold the phone. It's not just Carson's fucking foot. We got our Hall of Fame All Pro right or left guard. He has a developmental anomaly. We're going to have to go in there. That guy probably had to spit out the booze a little bit. Yeah. Like, get out of the boat parade he was having. Mm-hmm. He's probably on the boat parade there. Sure. Get back in there and go back to back. I hope he does fantastic. Five to 12 weeks is huge. I don't think we know for Quentin Nelson, but that's what training camp is, AJ. There's always a chance that somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody is going to get hurt at training camp. You just got to hope that it's not your stars. For Indianapolis, it seems like every single star we have is finding a way to get injured in the same exact way. Well, with he, so with Darius Leonard though, he said he expects him back any day. We're not worried about like a surgery. Yeah, Darius Leonard could be back whenever. There's, I think, contracts potentially happening there as well. So leave him out. Don't make don't make Darius even practice barely. Let him get a few reps so he feels good. But you don't want to have him injure anything else. Like you need him healthy. Okay, so let's talk about it. Are you the type of player that needed practice, wanted practice, had to practice to play? Because there's some people that had to do that. There's some people that thought they could, you know, miss a couple practice and still be just as good. How were you? I, I'm sure I could have missed some practices at times, but I never. I feel like I needed it. I, I needed the reps. I needed practice. I needed like the whole process, the whole step from, okay, Wednesday morning, here's our install. Here's our, our little tweaks. And then we're going to go and we're going to walk through it here in an hour or so. 
And then that's like another step. Okay, good. I get to see it and feel what it looks like. And then I need to take that to the field in full pads. Like I need that whole process, at least the whole week leading up to a game. But hey, I mean, I watched Charles Woodson. He had a nasty turf toe injury a whole year where he didn't practice at all and just got treatment on his toe. And I think he may have won defensive MVP that year. Yeah, and <laughs> I was going to follow up. I have a much different process, but I needed the reps during the week to have any confidence in the game. Like, I absolutely – even whenever I had a dislocated patella, I was like, no, I need to hit balls or I won't be – I will just think that I'm going to stink. I fell back on that. But to your point, I saw Freeney one year. He was just – he was literally just – on a golf cart, cruising around. What's going on, guys? All right. All right. You guys need water or anything? All right. I'll see you. He, he was on a golf cart? Yeah, he was on a golf cart. And I think he had uh, like 19 sacks that year or something. <laughs> Damn. It was, he had something with his foot. There was something in his foot. It was just like kind of hanging out. And he would show up on a golf cart. He'd go through the drills. And then in between periods, you know, he'd hit a little lap like in between uh, when you're in high school and you go around. He'd hit a little lap and then he'd go back to where it was. And then, yeah, I think he led the NFL in sacks that year or whatever. I was like, Jesus Christ. This guy, imagine if he practiced. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what would happen. Is that the same year he had the guys and the geese coming through with the accuracy? Acupuncture right before the Super Bowl. So that was broken ankle for Super Bowl. I'm not oh. sure if that was the same year or not. Similar timetable there, though. Yeah, that was unbelievable. The guy show up in the geese. Oh, body gurus. <laughs> Did you say they got on the team plane? Uh, no, I saw them getting on a commercial plane. Okay. It, full... so they got on the plane with their geese on. Yeah, in... <laughs> commercial plane. Did not... it say anything like on like the lapel or anything? So they had the Super Bowl patch on it. They had some other oh, stuff. Nice. Whoa! When I saw them in the so I saw them behind the scenes working on Freeney's ankle that week because everybody had answers for Freeney's ankle that week. Everybody guru, I'm sure Guerrero at the time was even sending in some stuff like how we can get the ankle healthy for the Super Bowl and everything like that. And these body gurus were there doing their thing, and that's where I was introduced to. Them. I was so fascinated. I was like. We got karate guys here. <laughs> you know, like, no, have a little respect. It's blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, so we got karate guys here. And they were doing some insane stuff. And then it was like months and months later, maybe even a year later, I'm getting on a commercial flight and they're right behind me in their full geese. And I was like, I saw you guys do your work at Super Bowl. You got a sack in the Super Bowl. Good work. <laughs> Thank you. Everything paid off. But yeah, there's the injury game in the NFL is a nightmare. You just got to get lucky and hope that it's not your guys. If it's your guys, you're in deep shit. If not, which is kind of where everything else is, you just kind of got to ride the wave. It's very early, and the Colts look like you have to practice. Like you have to practice, though. Especially you got to assess your team. If you have a younger team that may not have a lot of players with a ton of experience, yeah, you, you're going to have to bang a little bit. You're going to have to put them in some tough situations. That's why being a head coach, man, like it's they put it hours and hours into like the thought of what camp will look like. What, how do I give our guys like the best chance to stay healthy? We know people are going to get hurt, but what, I, I don't want to put them at more risk of getting hurt. Frank Reich said the amount of stats and data he gets after every single practice from the... Seems so useless, doesn't it? Well, that's kind of what... He said the amount of information of I am given, he said, so we can protect the players, he said is incredible. I forget how he described it. He said, but I'm still old school, though. Like, we still have to practice. We still have to, to go. And I think that is, as um, the evolution of science and tech and data continues... With the, you know, acknowledgement that sport can be handled in many different ways. As those two combine, we're seeing a very fascinating time. Because some people just rely on the numbers because it completely gives them an out. 
something happens. Well, the number said. Well, the book said. Well, the book it gives that that passes the buck completely. And if you're a Frank Reich who's like, I'm a little bit more old school. Like we're gonna have to practice. If something happens, he's gonna have to say the numbers told me that we should buy, uh, dial it back. But I felt as a team we had to step up a little bit. Didn't think we had it all the way. And something happens. That's a it's a very interesting time. But all anybody is trying to do is get the absolute best team on the field on Sundays. Let's just make it to the fucking season. It's such a big thought by a lot of the assistant coaches. Like, hey, let's just let's just get to the goddamn games that matter. Can we please make it through? Well, we need one-on-ones at least two more times so we can really get it. <laughs> okay, I'm pulling. Okay, I'm pulling A.J. Hawk out of there. Yeah. No, he, we ought to see him. He's got to – no, I got to pull him out. The, the give and take that is happening to make it every single practice, I don't think it's talked about ever by anybody. No, it does. And, yeah, like a lot of the information I know, I, I used to sit there and go over it with my strength coach a lot. The GPS monitors, and they monitor every single thing you do and how many miles you run. Like you're, They give you scores on how you, you may recover from your sleep, everything, which all of it's good stuff, but it's like anything else. Like you've got to – nothing is just black and white. Okay, I'm 100%. This is all we, we go off of this. No, like there's a balance, and you've got to figure out what that balance is. And I think that balance changes – on what kind of team you have that year too. And I the fascinating thing about the tracking is watching the coaches I think learn like how much the wide receivers were running in a practice versus somebody else. <laughs> like I think the first day where they saw it, they were like our wide receivers are running 9 miles a day. <laughs> Holy Do shit. you know that the, like they are running and it's usually at a full sprint, too. Yeah, they're running like seven, eight miles a day where somebody else is at like a mile and a half. So they go, oh, maybe we could take it off on the wide receivers every once in a while. And then they start like trying to figure it out. We'll have them run like the back end of routes as opposed to the entire route. But then wide receivers, there's some that are so used to like work and they're like, yeah. no, I got to keep going or whatever. It is. Once those... And I was told they were Soviet satellites. Really? Yeah, Soviet satellite on your back, right here. You put it on there and it tracks the whole thing. Once those got introduced, the amount of intel and information was, for instance, I was the fastest guy on the field two days. One day actually running, the other day on a golf cart. (laughs) You know what I mean? How were you? How many players were out there when you were the fastest one running? Everybody was out there, but it was a it was a walkthrough. Walk yeah. <laughs> it was a walkthrough, and I was on the other field sprinting downwind, downhill. <laughs> downwind. I got 20-some miles an hour, though. Ooh, pretty good. Yeah, Moving. pretty good. I was, I was running, and then I would go, and I'd check the score or whatever, and I think the first one was like 19 miles an hour. I was like, nah, I got to go a little bit bigger. Plus. So then I, ah, I start like selling out, and people hear me, ah, like yelling on the side, right? So I forget who it was, probably D-lineman. Because D linemen, I think, were very intrigued by how I operate on a regular basis. I think they looked over and like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, don't worry about it. Then I go back and it says 20 something miles an hour. I'm like, fastest guy on the field. So then I walked, obviously, through all of the practice drills. Hey, don't worry about it, boys. 20 plus miles an hour speeding in some school zones. I'm a fast motherfucker on the field. And everybody, obviously, is mocking me because I have the energy to waste sprints. This is probably two weeks in. Everybody is dead tired. I'm over there trying to set the score record or whatever. Then the other day, a couple, like a week later because it kind of worn off i was no longer the fastest guy so i uh i got golf cart took the um the uh, governor off that thing mm-hmm. same downgrade with the thing on <laughs> 25 miles an hour fastest guy in the fucking field <laughs> it was unbelievable it was absolutely hasselbeck told the story on while we were calling a game live on air because of how ridiculous it was to the entire team whenever because these things were getting projected like people knew how long people were running how fat what the high speed was what the non-high speed was and everything in the day i got 25 miles an hour they 
they left my score off of there, you know? So I was very, I was like, what, what did What's I run? What's going on here? What did I run? And they were like, there's no way you ran 25 miles an hour. I was like, what did the things, what did the Soviet thing say? <laughs> Tell me what it said. They could pull up the film. You know, they could easily pull up the film and show that to the whole team of you and the golf club. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking taking a couple passes, too. The tower. It would be awesome because it'd be from up in the tower, and then you'd just see you, like, off in the distance. You couldn't really zoom. Just you, like, looking around, like, okay, yep, all right. And then seeing you climb in and go back and forth. <laughs> Actually, think about me lifting a seat, too, moving like the governor. By the way, classic kid that knows how to take the governor off a golf cart. There was a couple of skills that I had to have to get to that point that I was at. Uh, but I was, my Soviet device was taken from me that day. I never got another one. <laughs> never got another one. It was a damn shame, you know? It was damn. I, w- I wish, uh, I think everybody there was probably, when they saw you huffing and puffing and running these sprints while they're in the, in the middle of a walkthrough after two weeks of camp and banging on each other, I bet they the majority of the team was like, man, I hope he rips his hamstring right off the bone. No! Oh, 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 I think I was well-liked. Come back from that. No, of course <laughs> you're well Of course you're well-liked. I'm saying put yourself in those guys' mind frames in that moment, and they're hearing you next to them and all your extra energy. I'm just yeah. saying in that moment, they don't truly so want mad. that, oh, but yeah. they wouldn't be that upset. Oh, yeah. And then me coming over and talking about being the fastest yeah. is just Because they know that. They knew. They, they When they felt you running, they hear you grunting like, oh, this God. Their coach is killing them <laughs> because they took a wrong – they took a misstep in their walkthrough. And they know whenever you do eventually get the score you want, you're going to walk through and chirp everybody. In the cafeteria? Uh, <laughs> who goes first? The fastest? Or <laughs> you know, what are we – I honestly believe that a – like, if you're a specialist, training camp is a ma- – like, hey, it's a big duty for you to just – some sort of faux energy because yeah. everybody is yeah. dead. Everybody. It is terrible. I, I don't know how you got – now, listen, not the hardest job on earth. There's other jobs that are much more important and much more serious. I get it. But in NFL training camp, why you see so many guys show up at training camp go, fuck it, I ain't doing this, and retiring is because just that constant, especially with, like – your livelihood on the line, the pressure and everything. It's just like, I don't and know. And there's so much install. Even if you're you're three, four, five years in, like you always have new coaches coming and different schemes. But even if you've been this scheme a few years, like each day they keep putting more and more volume in. Like you have a meeting at 9 o'clock at night. It'll go till 10, and they'll install what they're going to put in the next day, what you're going to practice in the morning. So you're like, oh, man, when I, my first time I can even – walk and just think like i'm not trying to get to a practice or a meeting i gotta make sure i get back to my room and figure out exactly what i'm doing because when i show up we're gonna have pads on and we're gonna be doing what we just talked about yeah but also you got to get rehab in the night before and if you don't get rehab in you're cheating yourself you're getting fined you're cheating the team hey you cheat yourself you cheat the team you're getting fined for that so that nine to ten o'clock install goes to 10 15 10 30 if you're getting ice or bags or whatever then you get back to your room 10 45 want to say hello to somebody maybe sure hey there's 11 o'clock. Oh, now you have to learn what you're going to do at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. And if you don't, by the way, you are going to get exposed. It is, <laughs> yeah. it is yeah. going to be violent and it is going to be bad out there. That's why, you know, when I was either boozing at night, you know, or smoking or whatever, sure. I always try to come in and lift the spirits. Yeah. Got what yeah. are you guys doing? Are you learn Oh, you guys got one-on-ones 8 a.m. tomorrow? Oh, man. All right. Hey. You're going to fucking kill it tomorrow, dude. Go get, it. get out of my fucking room, Pat. All right. I'll be out there, though, tomorrow. I'll cheer you on, man. I will. It was. I didn't always have, you know, the best days motivating people, but I felt like, you know, eight to nine out of ten, I'd get them going a little bit. But I think it's beneficial. Hey, if I was a head coach, I'd want to bring you in to, to be that guy, as annoying as it might be. Like, I think it's needed. 
It's not annoying, okay? There's a little bit of a... There's people that probably do act the way I act that is annoying, and I understand that. There has been previous concerns from teammates of mine that I was potentially going to act like somebody they had experienced in the past. I had Who? to... Dequell Jackson is yeah. the perfect. <laughs> yeah. Dequell Jackson is the perfect example of everything that I am as a teammate. The the per- miserable old Cleveland Brown linebacker had the old school like Kevin Green type helmet. Probably seventy five concussions at mm-hmm. his position. Cool. He joins our team smoking cigars. Just old miserable vet basically came into our team though was a instant leader, instant guy. His locker was right next to mine. Literally, I think it was two down. One time, like 6.30 a.m., maybe day one, I'm like, hey, here we go, Dequel, huh? Best fucking day of all time today or whatever. Yeah, all right. He gives me a fist bump and he leaves. Next morning, guess what? Same guy did. Hey, Dequel, I, I didn't think we were going to be able to do it. But today, they're saying, <laughs> better than fucking yesterday. So I'm like, let's go, Dequel, huh? Let's go. So then I think it was like day three where I came in and I gave, he was looking down. I think I gave him like a little pop on the shoulder or something. You know, like, yeah, huh? How we feeling? He was, is this every fucking day? That's what he said to me. Is this every fucking day? Every day, well, I'm going to be right here, pal. He's like, all right, well, fucking A, all right. And we dapped each other up, and ever since then, we've been good friends. But that is the epitome of, I think, whenever you just kick a ball, you should also potentially add some other things to the locker room. Mine was uh, the ability to bury anybody in cornhole and hopefully lighten the mood every once in a while. There were some bad days, though, where I was not maybe necessarily the greatest teammate out there, but I tried my best. I think that's big for training camp. Training camp stinks. We have to remember that whenever we're getting quotes from anybody during training camp, things that are said, training camp stinks, but it's very, very vital. I hope the fucking Colts can put a team together. Let's get to a break. AJ. Quentin Nelson, that that one scares me. That dude is irreplaceable. Dude, and I think Ryan Kelly also. Something's already happened to Ryan Kelly, the center. Fisher also. Fisher, and then Braden Smith just signed a deal, which is awesome. What'd you say? Stafford injured his thumb. Nothing serious, but a couple days. Did you see this? Uh, end of practice yesterday. Rap sheets reporting. Yeah, hey, stay away from the quarterback. How many times did you hear that, AJ Hawk? I mean, that it's a shame that this does happen. It it, it will continue to happen, but man, it shouldn't. It absolutely should not happen. What's that? A court. You're starting franchise quarterback hitting his thumb on somebody's helmet. Maybe it was his own lineman. I guess it could have been. I'm saying if it's a D lineman or a linebacker, what's it? And I'll say. To the defensive, you know, perspective, as AJ probably has said numerous times, it's not easy because you're getting pushed. Offensive linemen's pushing; you might be getting chipped and everything. Yeah, you're like. trying to win. You're trying to win a one-on-one. That trying to keep your job. So yeah, but it, that's why it's a, it's a touchy thing. Yeah, anything near any kind of blitzing around a quarterback in practice is just weird. Same people just get fired on the spot. By the way, <laughs> see you. Yeah. Hey, go ahead. See ya. Go ahead and see you later. Have a good one. Thanks for coming. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure somebody else will sign you. And when you get there, stay the fuck away from their quarterback <laughs> too. Just a little sign of advice. We have something else popping off as well. Says Zito. David Bakhtiari jokes that Pat McAfee showing. Aaron Rodgers basically bullied him into getting (laughs) (laughs) All right, happy to be a part of that. All right. right. Hey, don't be a bully. Be a star. Be a friend. Be a Bakhtiari. All right. Can't thank you enough for allowing this particular show to be a part of your daily schedule. We honor that. We appreciate that. And uh, I'll be eternally grateful for it. Be a friend, tell a friend if you enjoyed this. If you're hate listening all the way to here, shout out to you as well. Hashtag end the pod squad. Let's keep this thing going. Phil Mickelson's Minyana, but before that, Ty. Please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Tuesday. Cheers.